Exodus chapter number 20. This evening we're going to be talking about idolatry. And it's, uh, it's not, a, you know, it's not a, a topic that we often think of, uh, of, of a struggle in our day and age today, but I, I'm hope, pray, prayerfully we're going to be seeing that I, I think it is. Um, and so we're going to begin in Exodus chapter number 20, and we're talking about modern day idolatry, what we should guard ourselves against. Exodus chapter number 20 is where we find the Ten Commandments. Um, Moses is up on the mountain and, and meeting with God, writing out those, what God had told him. Uh, and the very first commandment, the very first one that God says has to do with idolatry, has to do with a proper view and a proper respect for God. So Exodus chapter number 20, verse number one. And God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse number three, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. God, we do thank you so much for this, this day that you've given us. We do thank you for church, um, being able to get together and have f- some fellowship and be able to worship you, sing your praises, and uh, be able to open your word, God. I do pray that you would speak to each of us, that you would, um, the Holy Spirit would speak through me as we open your word, and I, I pray for each one here uh, that the Holy Spirit might speak to their hearts, and I just ask for your help tonight. I pray in Christ's name, amen. As I mentioned, the very, first, the very first one of the Ten Commandments was having to do with God. Thou shalt have no other God before me. And it's kind of ironic that as, as Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, in just the space of 40 days, the children of Israel broke the very first commandment. We know the story. Moses comes down off the mountain, and what they had done? They had built a golden calf. They were dancing around it and worshiping it, bowing down to it. And God's wrath was, was displayed. You know, if we were to sit and go through um, the history of Israel, time and time and time and time and time again, over and over and over again, Israel falls into idolatry. They, whether it was idolatry and just, um, most times it was uh, serving the gods of the, the nations that were around them. In, in 2 Kings, verse 17, I'll read, um, in the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried away Israel into Assyria and placed them into Hala and in the harbor by the river Gozan in the city of the Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. Uh, in Judges chapter number two, right after Joshua uh, passes away, the Bible says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord their God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of the, of the spoilers that spoiled them. You know, and it, it's a common theme over and over and over again. We see the children of Israel f- just serving other gods. 
You know, and we scratch our heads, we look at that, and we say, well, the children of Israel, they just, they witnessed the 10 plagues. You know, they, they saw what God had done, which ironically, each one of those plagues was a rebuke of one of the Egyptian gods. The god of the Nile was rebuked by the Nile turning into blood. Um, there's gods of livestock, there's gods of fertility, there's gods of all these, these different things. Um, Egypt was believed to have 40 different gods that, that ruled over different aspects of their, their um, culture. And yet 10 of those plagues, God said, no, I am God. You know, and the children of Israel saw that. God brought them out of Egypt. God let them walk across the, the Red Sea on dry ground. God led them by fire in the day and a cloud of, uh, or fire by night and a cloud of, uh, a pillar of cloud by day. And yet time and time again, they forgot God and they served the works of men. You know, there, there's so many, uh, Examples that we can learn from the children of Israel. And, and, and so I'd like us to, to just think about idolatry today. You know, what does that look like? I, I don't know very many people that have uh, a statue of Baal at home on their counter. You know, I, don't, I didn't go over to Paul's house for breakfast and, you know, he's, he'll close the closet. We don't want him to see our statues, you know. Um, you know I, don't, I don't know very many people. There are some religions across the world um, I think of Hinduism, and they have all the different gods, and they would have little figurines on their mantles for those gods. But in, in North American society, you know, we, we don't necessarily make these statues and, and, and worship them. Um, but I do think that we fall victim of two different things uh, in our, our 21st century, and especially in Christianity. Oh, hold up, Mr. Baker. I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't serve other gods. Well, I think if, we, if we're, we're honest, um, I think God might reveal some of that. Uh, Donna was asking me this morning what I was preaching on, and I said, well, wear sandals because we're going to step on some toes. Um, but I, I, I really believe, in, and I'm not, don't, don't think for a second that I'm standing up here and, and saying, oh, I got it figured out, or I don't have idols. I, I would be the first to admit I struggle with, with idolatry. And, uh, and, and, you know, Lord willing, hopefully we can all identify some of those things in our lives. So the first thing that we're going to look at as far as 21st century or modern day idolatry is the idols that we trust more than God. The idols that I trust more than God. And this, this comes uh, from my devotions. I was reading through, and I'm, uh, I was reading through 2 Kings chapter 18. Go there if you would. 2 Kings chapter 18. Second Kings chapter 18. Cody actually made reference to this this morning. Uh, he talked about the brazen serpent. Uh, there was a, a snake that was biting uh, in the camp of the, of the children of Israel. And if they were bitten, they would look at this, this, uh, this serpent that was raised up. And, it, and looking at it in faith brought them healing. But in 2 Kings chapter 18, we find that what God had told Moses to do the, the, the instrument that had brought healing to so many people had turned into something God never intended. It turned into an idol itself. 2 Kings 18, verse number one. 
Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and, tw- twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abai and the daughter of, of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. All right, he's, he's a group of one of a very few people, very few kings that actually did what was right. But he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, had uh, did. And what, what were his actions? What, what did he do that, that allowed God to say that he did what was right? Look at verse four. He removed the high places and he broke the images and he cut down the groves. All right, he ceased, he put an end to their idol worship. But look at what specifically he did as well. And he broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it. All right, this thing that had brought healing. God told Moses, this is how I want the healing to come. I want you to to fashion it like this. I want you to raise it up in the camp. I want people to be be told, informed, you look at this, um, and it will bring healing. The thing that God had established for them was misused, was corrupted, turned into something that they trusted this this pole, this, this serpent on the pole, this image, they trusted that image is what brought them healing. And Cody said something very specific. He said they looked in faith at it. Ultimately, it was their faith. They obeyed God and God healed them. That, that serpent did nothing. But the children of Israel had fallen victim to trusting the object and not the creator or not the, the one that had told Moses to build it. And in our lives today, I, I want us just to think, who am I trusting more than God? You know, as you sit there, and, and if you just, you know, just go through your own mind, do I trust anyone more than God? You know, I think if we're honest, we might start thinking some things that pop into our minds. Okay, well, maybe. And if we don't, ask yourself the question, when something goes wrong in my life, when I'm faced with an unexpected circumstance, something just comes up real quick, um, where do I go first? You know, I remember, um, you know, the car breaks or, or something goes wrong on your car. Oh, well, I got money in the bank account. I'll take it to the shop, you know, and that's not wrong. Okay. We have mechanics. They're there. Um, you know, but just a, a silly example. But when something comes up in my life, who do I go to first? And that often reveals that you often would go to the thing or the person that you trust most, you know? And so ask yourself, make up a hypothetical scenario and ask yourself, would I, in the honesty of your own heart, would I go to such and such first, so-and-so first, or would I go to, to God first? All these other things aren't wrong. And don't think for a second that I'm, I'm saying mechanics are sinful, you know? Um, but who am I trusting in my life? Who am I trusting for wisdom? Who am I trusting for guidance? If you look in the Old Testament, Baal is a, 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 a false god that comes up over and over and over again. And Baal was, was supposedly the god of weather. There's many different titles for him, but one of the things that he was responsible for, um, what they believed, was the god of weather. 
Who can, who can think of a time that God judged that or God said, no, I'm the God of the weather? Can anyone think of a, a, an action by God that refuted that? When there was drought, when there was famine, Elijah. And it was, almost, uh, it was almost in the face of Baal. You believe in Baal? You're trusting in Baal? Go ahead. You pray to your God. The weatherman will answer. And Elijah, he, he had the true God. God, the true God is the God of our, our environment. Um, Dagon was a false God for the harvest. And so they would sacrifice or they would uh, bring offerings to this false God because they wanted their crops to succeed. And when God chose to do a famine, there was no, no amount of offerings to Dagon um, that would, would move the hand of the true God. And often it was in rebuke of these people or of these false gods. And so what, what today do I trust more than God? You know, some of us with our health, do we trust our doctor? Do I call up my doctor before I, before I go to God? Do we, do we go to our um, our Christian books, and I, I put that as loosely, okay? Um, we have God's book, right? But there, there are, there's many different books out there, you know, on every host of, of subject that, that you could imagine, you know? But who do I trust first? Who do I trust most with my finances, with, my, with, with whatever it is I'm going through? You know, do I, where do I go for my advice? Do I go to my friends? Do I trust my church? Now, God built the church. God installed a pastor. God, God has, has given us these, these things for our help. But do I trust the church or do I trust my pastor more than I trust God? And I think that's a dangerous thing. And, and I think sometimes that's how we fall into the same trap as the Israelites. We take good things that God has given us and we don't keep it at the right um, I don't know, priority or the right level. Because God says, anything that is above me is sin. Anything that you trust above me is sin. And so our danger in our modern day Christianity is not trusting God, not having him at the absolute top of our, our list when it comes to who do I trust. There's a, there's a song my dad sings uh, that I remember right from a kid, and it's a Steve Green song. Uh, but one of the, the, the lyrics say, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that's found in Psalms chapter 20, verse number seven. David writes, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And so sometimes we have idols by our trust, but we can also have idols um, in what we treasure, in what we treasure. If you were to look up, uh, actually go to Ephesians chapter number five. Ephesians chapter number five. And we don't often connect my treasure with idolatry. You know, we don't often think that those are linked but we're going to look at two verses here, one in Ephesians and one in Colossians. Ephesians 5, verse 5. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous. All right, covetous has to deal with possessions, with wealth. Uh, the Webster's Dictionary says covetous is marked 
by an inordinate desire for wealth or the possessions or possessions or for another's possessions. All right, it has to do with materialism. All right, look at what the Bible says. Nor unclean person, nor covetousness man who is an idolater. God says the covetous are guilty of idolatry. Go to, go to Colossians, Colossians chapter number three. Colossians chapter number three, verse number five. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, you look in our society, and one of the, the biggest marks or, or uh, you know, just we are so blessed. And that's what we like to say. I'm blessed. God met my needs. He's given me this. He's given me that. Um, but we are so materialistic. And if you, if, you, if you put materialism and covetousness together, the desire for wealth, the desire for possessions, the desire for all of these different things, God says, God makes that link. That is idolatry. There's a, there's a commentator who says, every godly man seeks his happiness in God. The covetous man seeks that in his money, which God alone can give. Therefore, his covetousness is properly idolatry. If we think, I want to be comfortable, so I need more stuff. God says, if you want to be comfortable, lean on me. You know, if I want to be happy, I need to have all this stuff. And God says, if you want to be happy, come to me. You know, and we, we, we mix those two things up. And so as we think about our modern day idolatry, who are we trusting? Do I trust anyone more than God? And who do I treasure, or who or what do I treasure? What do I value? What do I, do I want? What do I hold on to more than God? And just an easy test to know, okay, what do I treasure more than God? What would your response be if God said, I want that? You know, if, if I, um, if I, if uh, my cell phone, you know, if God said, you know what, Calvin, I need that phone. I'm going to give it to someone else. Uh, they have need of it. What would my reaction be? And you ask my wife and she'll tell you it wouldn't be, <laughs> it wouldn't be good. You know, but think of, just pick any object in your life, anything that you enjoy, anything that you would say, you would admit freely, I love, all right? Now, to know if that has crossed into idolatry, ask yourself the question, what if God came and said, I want it? I want you to give it to me. There's a, a number of years ago, I preached at Camp Yes, and I, it was right shortly after uh, Timmy was born. And, uh, and I preached in, in Genesis uh, chapter 22 with Abraham and Isaac. And I'm sure our seniors, I've mentioned this before. But God come, came to Abraham and said, Abraham, you have one son. Yeah, yeah I know, God. You, you promised me that I would have a son and you'd make from him a great nation. Uh, we weren't, we, you know, um, Sarah didn't have any children. Um, and we prayed and you promised and God, you gave us Isaac. That's awesome. And God said, no, I want you to sacrifice him. And, and I, if I'm being honest, church, I don't know if I could give up my son. 
I don't, I, I'm not in that situation, thankfully, but I don't know um, if, if I would have the same faith that Abraham did. But ask yourself, put yourself in that situation. If God came to you and said, I want this, I want that, I want this person that you hold on to so much, it will tell you real quick, do I treasure that thing more than I treasure God? And if I do, what's the Bible say that we're guilty of? Idolatry. You know, and so if we look at it, I think, you know, myself included, myself at the front of the line, I think we're chock full of idolatry. Things that I trust more than God, things that I love, that I desire, that I, that I covet more than God. And God says it's idolatry. Our third point this evening is the biggest idol in all our lives, I personally believe, is us, is you. You look in the mirror, I look in the mirror, you know, and it may not have been evident right off, right off at the beginning, but ask yourself, who do I trust most? And I think if we're honest, we trust us. We trust me. We trust my ability to make good decisions. We trust my ability to find a way through the circumstance. We trust my ability to work hard, to, to, to do whatever. And I trust me more than I trust God. Who do you treasure most? Well, my, my needs, my wants, my desires, my, my whatever. And it's me. It's me over, over, and over, and over again. It's me. And so if you want, you know, I was joking with Judy this morning. I was going to uh, get a little bobblehead of Rob and stick him up here or something. But in, in, the, in the, the showcase of our idols, I think all of us, our picture would be smack, smack dab in the middle. We trust us more than God. We, we treasure ourselves more than God. Go to Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter number three. The very first sin, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, um, the Bible doesn't call it idolatry, you know, and so I am taking a little bit of liberty here. Um, please don't. It's not blasphemy. I'm not trying to be, you know, anything like that, okay? It, they disobeyed God. They disobeyed something God had told them. That was the sin. But look at what Satan, um, one of the lines that Satan says as he is deceiving Eve. Genesis chapter number two, uh, verse number five. Or ver- uh, let's, uh, let's do verse number two. Genesis two, verse two. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of, trees of the garden, But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, but God, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as, as what? As God's. You'll be equal to God. You will know right from wrong. You know, and so I know the sin was disobedience, but what was the carrot that, that Satan dangled in front of Eve? You want to be like God? Do you want to be able to trust your own decisions? Do you want to meet all your own needs yourself? Do you want to be as God, knowing good and evil? And so I think idolatry, we can find all the way back right in the Garden of Eden. And like I mentioned, all, all the way through the, the Israelite history, if you look at any time they fall... 
and I, I shouldn't say any time, most times, because I haven't looked at every single one, but most times, I would say 95% of the time that Israel finds themselves in sin, what is the sin? It's idolatry. It's worshiping Baal. It's, it's sacrificing unto the gods of the land. And it leads, it, it cascades into so many other sins. Um, you know, some of the, the pagan gods there, they required child sacrificing. And so it starts with idolatry and then it leads to all these other evil practices. And, and so my caution for us, if we can identify the idolatry before it spreads in my life, before it leads, okay, so I covet, which is what the Bible says is idolatry, therefore I steal. I deceive somebody so I can get ahead of them at the workplace and get the paycheck or get the raise. It, it, it's just, it's one of those those sins that, that lead and springboard into so many other areas in our lives. Matthew chapter 22, verse, verse uh, 36. God tells us some things. Uh, this is the test. This is the test for if, if myself is the idol. All right, Matthew 22, verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Can we say that? All my heart, all my soul, all my mind. Who do I serve first? Who comes second? Who do I meet the needs of first, and who comes second? Who, who do I care about their needs and wants first, and who comes second? In Mark chapter 8, Jesus told his followers, verse 34, when he called his, the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. For whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So what is, what is our application? Is it just doom and gloom? Not at all. All right, we saw an example um, with the, one of the few good kings of Israel that Israel wasn't always, it was often that they fell into the sin of idolatry, but there are instances in the Bible over and over, time and time again, that when they chose to remove the idols, they were restored to God. And it's the exact same in our lives. When Israel fell into idolatry, they were often judged, they were chastised, they were maybe thrown into captivity, but God allowed them to find restoration. He gave them promises of restoration. And we have the same in our lives as well. And so what, what might be some strategies? And, and there's many smarter people that could give you better ideas, okay? But what are some strategies to help me with modern-day idolatry? And the first one is simply identify. Identify what do I hold in my life above God? What do I love more than God? What do I trust more than God? If you don't know what the idols are, you know, if you don't know where the groves and the high places are, and how are you going to tear them down? You know, you're like put on a blindfold, says, God, I'll obey you. I'll get the sin out of my life, but I don't want to see what the sin is. No, we have to identify what are the idols in my life. And very simply, the easiest way to know that is to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it. And uh, go to Psalms. We'll look at two different verses in Psalms. 
Psalms chapter number 139. Psalms 139. Now, if you've heard me preach before, I often say that David is one of my favorite characters because God doesn't shy away from recording his sin. And that's a horrible thing to think or or even to say, but that makes it so that we can relate to David. David was a sinner. Calvin, I'm a sinner. David was able to find forgiveness. I can find forgiveness. Okay, but look at what David said in, in Psalms 139, verse number 23. Psalms 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Okay, not that God doesn't know. Do you think David thought, oh, God, you don't know what's in there? No, but it's the action on David's part inviting God to search him. And it's almost like, God, search me and let me know what you find. Okay, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. A similar verse we see in, in uh, chapter 69, Psalm 69. Psalm 69, verse number five. And this is more of just David acknowledging, acknowledging that God already knows. Oh God, thou knowest my foolishness. And my sins are not hid from thee. All right, we can all ask our spouse. We could all ask our friends. We could all ask our children, perhaps, or our parents. You know, what do you see in my life? Who do you think the idols are? And they might have insight. They might have advice. But if we really want to get down to it, and I really want to make myself right and pure before God, we got to start with that. We have to start with God convict me. God, know my heart, search me. Who do I love more than you? Who do I treasure more than you? Who do I trust more than you? Lamentations 3 verse 40 says, let us search and try our ways. And it gives us the second step and turn again to the Lord. You know, after God uh, reveals those things to us, the next step that I wrote down is depart. Identify and depart. In 1 John 5, the whole book has, you know, covers many different topics. But the very last verse, go ahead and look there. Uh, 1 John, the very last verse, you know, just as he's wrapping up the book, just as he said his goodbyes and blessings and all the rest, he, it's almost like a, a, an afterthought, but he just he throws it in there. 1 John 5, verse 21. And it's a weird way to end a book. But God put it in there for us. 1 John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Really simple. All right? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. Wherefore, my, beloved, my, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. You know, if we pray, I don't think God's going to just be silent. You know, Paul goes home and he's like, God, would you reveal what's wrong in my life? God says, I don't like that prayer, Paul. Don't ask. No. What do you think God's going to do? He's going to reveal those things. He's going to bring things to mind. And after God identifies those things, it's our job to ask him for the help and the strength. He enables us to flee. You know, Wednesday night we preached, um, oh, where are my teens? What did we preach on Wednesday night? You're on the spot. 
Kylie, Naya, George, you're all there. What did we preach Wednesday night? No, crickets. Joseph, we preached about Joseph. Joseph faced temptation. We all know the story. And when, when Potiphar's wife uh, tried to entice him, what'd he do? He ran. He fled. And that's actually not a bad strategy. When we face temptation, or when I, when I realize what are these idols in my life, depart, flee, run away, um, and let God do the rest. Who am I trusting? Psalms 18 verse 2 says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. All right, can we say that honestly? Do I believe that verse? The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. And David says, in whom I will trust. My buckler, the horn of my salvation, my high tower. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a verse we all memorized in the Christian school growing up. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Who am I treasuring? What am I treasuring? Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are on earth. Make yourself happy. Is that what the Bible says? No. If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So I would challenge you tonight, just just be willing to ask God, God, do I have some idolatry? Do I have things that I trust more than you? Do I have things that I treasure more than you? And and I believe God, God might reveal some of those things. Let's pray. God, you are so good to us. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you. Uh, for the conviction of the Holy Spirit, God, that if we're, um, God, your word talks about asking for wisdom and that you'll give it to us. God, I do pray for us tonight that each one here would ask you, God, reveal the idolatry, reveal who I love more than I love you, who I serve more than I serve you. God, I pray that you convict us of that sin. Help us to make a, make a decision tonight. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.